Hello and welcome to the J-Rod F1 pod with me, James Robson. And me, Ollie Dix. So today, Ollie and I are joined by, of course, our special guest host, Sam Corty, to look back at the Eiffel Grand Prix, which was won by Lewis Hamilton, equaling Michael Schumacher this time. Michael Schumacher, wasn't it, Sam? Not Mick. Or Mike, <laughs> the fabled Mike, uh, with 91 Formula 1 wins. But let's jump straight into the conversation that we're having about the biggest talking points coming out of this weekend's Grand Prix at Nürburgring. Right, Sam. So, obviously, Lewis Hamilton, you know, the, the main headline from this weekend is that Lewis Hamilton won uh, his 91st Grand Prix victory. Uh, and he has managed to do that in 260 races, whereas Michael Schumacher did it in 246. Do you think he's had to work for this more than Michael has? Oh, um, I would say at the beginning of his career, yes. I think in recent years, he's had it, especially the last few seasons, he's had it easier. It's more I think the being, Mercedes has been more dominant. Yeah, it's more being like, can he not lose rather than can he win? But I, I think don't, the past few years. I mean, I don't. I don't think that Schumacher had to go through essentially a period of dominance of another driver, because we forget that like in the time that Lewis has been in Formula One, Vettel's won four world championships. Yeah. And I don't think. Um, and Button. Yeah, you know, and Button and Rosberg, uh, you know, I don't think we've got, we had that sustained period where he wasn't top dog like Lewis has had. And also, I think, I mean, yes, whilst Michael did change teams, it wasn't, the success wasn't there and then followed him to the next team. It was at Ferrari, wasn't it? Yeah. I think what you have to remember as well with Schumacher is he then had... He a lot included in those races are. That's not true. No, you were going to say the the comeback with Mercedes, but yeah. he got to ninety one wins in two hundred and forty six. Yeah, we both arrived at the same point. <laughs> I just started opening my mouth before I <laughs> arrived at that point. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. But then let's go. I mean, let's let's quickly run through the race then, because first corner we saw uh, something from Valtteri Bottas that we're not really used to seeing. Some racing, some competitive racing racing with Hamilton. And fair play to him, it was pretty damn good. Yeah, he he took it to him. It almost looked like both in doing so, he was they were going to push both Mercedes out so that then someone else, yeah, had they expected that, someone else could have gone on the inside and gone. But fortunately for them, yeah, nobody had any grip going into that first corner. Um, but I think we also. We also forget sometimes when we get onto this point. His qualifying lap was like perfect. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, like really, really good. And I think we always give the plaudits to to Hamilton for how good he can be on that final lap when it comes to qualifying. And Bottas showed him that actually, you know, he's perfectly capable and and should be in that Mercedes car. I think it. I think it was. I'm not going to say desperation from Bottas, but 
it was definitely what was needed. Like he definitely needed to, sh- needed to show that he actually wasn't just going to sit back and be driver number two. You know, I think. And whilst we can say like, oh, no one, no one is going to accept that role. No one wants to be the second driver. Everyone wants to win all the time. Bottas has kind of carved out a career, certainly at Mercedes, doing that. And I think it was getting to the point where people were like, why, you know. Why haven't they got someone young and exciting in there? And he's kind of shown that, okay, I know it's just like it is literally three corners or something, but he can take it to Lewis Hamilton. And had he not had power unit issues, he definitely would have finished, I think, on the podium because he locked up big time into into that. Um, was it the first corner he locked up into? Or was it the hairpin? Uh, no, it was the hairpin. Yeah, he, but yeah, he just made that one mistake and Hamilton just capitalized yeah um is it a matter of actually very rarely do we see bottas in a position where he's the one in front so like for example i think we often see bottas say situation where he's in second and hamilton's in first and we're like oh bottas why are you not challenging hamilton whereas actually in the position where he's in front he has to defend i think in that situation hamilton is almost any other driver you're not just yeah. going to like let someone come past and I think being in that situation gave Bottas the almost opportunity to defend and if that was Verstappen I don't think he would have done it any differently um, and didn't give Hamilton any like preferential treatment like oh yeah here we go I've got pole but you can come past me on the first corner by sure yeah I think also the that move that he made on the outside it was interesting listening to them talk about it afterwards and Rosberg was like I've tried that move so many times and not once managed to get past Hamilton it's like he was quite complimentary of his driving and actually I think we probably don't give him as much credit as what he deserves because he did actually manage to pull something off and he also was pulling away from Hamilton when he was taken the lead as well I think we kind of look at it and Hamilton gets to the front and he has this big gap by three laps or something but actually Bottas was also going to do the same thing um, I think that Mercedes is just fast and when you've got clean air in front of you it's made a huge difference for them for sure. so with the power unit I mean the power unit went and unfortunately he had to retire these things happened seemingly not to Lewis Hamilton which is a bizarre coincidence he, I mean, Bottas has come out and said it would now take a miracle for him to win the world world title. Do we think the chances of that happening are as good as zero? Yeah, I think it, I'm gonna have to drink. No, you, you just, just pissed you just water all everywhere. I'm just walking down myself. Um, what are we talking about? <laughs> do, you, do you think that the chances of Bottas winning the uh, world title yeah. are essentially I think, zero? I think this weekend was where the, it turned. The, like, it's now Hamilton's to lose. Really? Well, I, thought, I, I, Hamilton's I thought it was always lose, Hamilton's to lose. I still think it was open. There was still there was still the chance that the points still meant that Bottas still had a chance. Now, like... It will take a miracle. I think Lewis could come like fifth in every race and probably still win it. Like it, like. I think Lewis Hamilton can do all of his cock-ups now that he seems to, and 
Yeah, well, it's, right. I suppose before this weekend, the gap was 44. And that then means that, like, if Lewis did have a DNF, if this was the other way around and Bottas had won yeah. and Lewis had not finished, that gap then comes down to, 20. like, 14, no. 19, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's when it's actually, like, that's when you've, if you've now got six Grand Prix remaining in the year, that's when actually 19 is a very, a gap that's very easily closed, I think. Yeah, whereas but, now I just think it's... Yeah. Bottas not getting any points has the nail in the coffin. Secured, yeah. Ultimately, it does give Hamilton the opportunity in the same year to not only equal and probably surpass Schumacher for 91 wins, but also equal the seven world titles. Are the world titles, is that more impressive than the race wins? Or, like, we've seen in a lot of places that people have won say lots of games but never actually gone and won the big one to win it seven times like us being able to see this again does that show like it's even more impressive or is it actually does it bring michael down a little bit to be a bit more human i i think the bigger one is the world championships because i think the um it, it's the races that you don't win that's where you win a world championships. It's the races where you haven't had everything your way, but you've managed to scrape a third place. And we've seen those countless drives from Lewis where somehow he's ended up in like 17th on the road and managed to drive himself up to fourth, you know, yeah. and, and save those disastrous results. And I think that's that's what's so impressive. Um, I think, I mean, in the same, in kind of like, what we've been talking about when it comes to uh, MJ and LeBron yeah, it's like is there any point in comparing the two they're just like they're in such different eras that I'm not really sure the value of the conversation about the two like comparing them but I think but it's just the first time that we've been able to probably do that realistically and compare stats at least with Michael. Yeah, with anyone yeah. to Michael. Um, okay, then moving on, looking you know further back down, um, you know Verstappen finished second, which I feel like is almost as reliable as Lewis winning. Is Max finishing the top non Mercedes? Um, but Daniel Ricciardo has finally you know won his bet with Renault um, director uh, Cyril Abitable uh, which means that Cyril now has to get a tattoo because Ricardo ended up on the podium uh, first podium since Monaco in 2018 and it's Renault's first podium since the Malaysian Grand Prix in 2011 what can we say about Daniel Ricardo? because he is one of those guys that is universally liked a long time coming, I think this was. Yeah, Renault have done a good job. Yeah. I think this season, like they've been, they've looked like they can finish on the podium the past few weekend uh, races. So, like, it it should be a surprise given the stats, but it's not because of how they've been racing. I think there's been a lot of fourths and fifths in there that yeah. had. Like for example, this weekend he was on the podium because Bottas didn't finish the race. If any of these last four weekends, one of them doesn't finish the race, I think, you know, other than obviously Gasly's, or that 
yeah. terrible that you know such a strange weekend <laughs> happened um like that's the kind of time what i do want to know is we say that signs is probably regretting his decision to leave mclaren somewhat mm-hmm. is ricardo sitting there going maybe i did jump the gun a little early like another year in this renault can it take another step or is actually do we have reliability issues with the trust of renault and can they do this year on year and not be a bit of a flash in the pan i think i I think that i think ricardo is that they're going okay you know this might this might be irritating that renault are going to be good but there is no guarantee that renault will be good next next year because I don't trust that power unit. I mean, they. I know the cars are basically going to be the same next year, but this is a ter- longer looking, you know, a, a looking to longer term move. I think for Ricardo because it's a two year deal he's signed, and he's. I think he's more interested in the twenty twenty two season, and I think McLaren will probably manage that step to the budget restrictions better than Renault will because Renault are used to spending more money. I think, yeah, I think he's pro- he did sign it very early. Like, he signed it before there was any racing had been done, didn't he? This season or something. Yeah, I think, I think it, had all, it, it had all, very, like, kicked yeah. off before, so before racing. I think he's done... We obviously had pre-season think, testing. Yeah, I think knowing that, he's done a very good job in driving this car, knowing that he's not going to be in it next year. If we look at what Vettel's done, and he's done the complete opposite. Um... The team have also done well in actually backing him and supporting him, knowing that they're not going to have him next year. But I think moving to McLaren is less of a dramatic change than it is for signs moving from McLaren to Ferrari. Yeah. yeah, I'd agree. I think it's you know it's uh, one of those things that. It's the lesser of two evils, isn't it? You know, moving moving to McLaren, sitting in that McLaren seat, because I think that McLaren car has the capabilities of being of being quick, and I think that's uh, something to look forward to. I think for Ricardo. Um, okay, uh, looking further down the uh, further down the grid, then AlphaTauri came away eighth consecutive points finish, um, and they're in the in the hunt for sixth place with Ferrari uh, in the Constructors' Championships. Um, Gasly's sixth place was his fifth points finish in six races. Um, and his points total is three times that of Danny Kvyat's. Are we now thinking that... I, I mean, I, I guess we've always thought it, but the decision to drop Kvyat looks like it was the correct decision. Is is this now a very clear divide of okay, Kvyat is now an AlphaTauri driver, and Gasly could be a Red Bull driver in the future. Uh, I think so. You don't think there's any th- chance I that think, Kvyat gets back into that? Car? I think Kvyat AlphaTauri is as far as Kvyat goes when it comes to Red Bull owned teams. I think could he go somewhere else? Maybe. Is there any reason for someone to go, yeah, that's someone who I want in my car? Mm, Don't think so. If there is a list of reasons, it's not very long. 
Um, does Gasly has Gasly overperformed in that AlphaTauri? I would say so. Um, and and yeah, look, I think he's he's obviously done very well. That three times as much is, I would say, blown out of proportion given the win. A little bit, um, and I don't think we should maybe punish Kvyat for that strange race. Um, but I think what it does say is that okay, like if anyone's going to move up to the Red Bull team, then it is going to be Gasly, um, and I think Kvyat, yeah, he's just going to have to bide his time if that is going to be an option. But it's it's hard to see. Do you not think? Yeah, I, I think that's as far as he's going to go. I think. This is the cynic in me believing that the reason that he's being kept around is because the Russian market is quite big. And they like having a Russian bloke. A bit like Perez when it comes to Mexico. Yeah. I mean, Sergio Perez, we discussed, is an exceptionally good driver. I'm not saying Kvyat isn't, but I don't think he's of the same standard. So I think it might be a decent commercial decision for AlphaTauri to leave him in the car. It's just, I think it's these races where you expect something from Kvyat though. Like, where it was, a, like, we we will get onto it, but, you know, the fact that Hulkenberg can come in and finish eighth is, like, doesn't make sense when you've got guys that have been in their Formula One cars all year. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, okay, let, let's talk about that then, because Lance Stroll was taken poorly. Um, and so Hockenberg was called up very late. Obviously, we had the whole debacle with FP1 and FP2 being cancelled. So Hockenberg only had qualifying to get ready to race. Some, you know, started 20th, which kind of demonstrates how hard these cars are to drive. But then finished 8th, which, demonstra- which demonstrates how talented he is as a driver. Um, and I think just to stick the knife into Sam a little bit here, Ollie has written that. Hulkenberg now has the same number of top eight finishes as Sebastian Vettel. I mean, I'm a good Vettel fan. I'm a big Vettel fan. So, yeah, it was a bit of a, not a dig, but I think it that shows two things. One, how poor Seb's Ferrari is. But two, how incredible Hulkenberg's performance was. Mm. Like, oh, yeah. I think this is, this is insane. I'm, I'll be amazed if he doesn't have a drive next year. I think he's proving time in and time out that he deserves one. Yeah. But I, yeah, I don't think he does. Really? As in, I think he deserves one. I don't think he'll get one. Where does he go? This is our whole conversation that we yeah, always we, end up having. We can't fit everyone in a no, team you that can't. we want. <laughs> and I, actually, I think someone might consider paying him a fair amount to continue to be this guy in this world where illness is more severe to have someone that can come in and like be a good reserve driver is yeah seems to be this is massive for racing point but if you're if you're someone like Haas and I'm picking on Haas because I think they're the probably the team with the most flexible driver lineup at the moment um would you rather bank, and I know this is difficult because it is harsh and we know their kind of reputation, would you rather bank on someone that you don't know how they're going to react to a Formula 1 car or would you rather have someone who is a known quantity and you know can provide good driving results year in, year out? 
if I was sitting there with an F1 team and I was looking at the available people to drive, Hulkenberg has to be one of the top of the list. I think it would depend who who you would pair them with, who their team member would be. Because if they went for Hulkenberg, then you could bring in a young driver from... F2. Yeah, and just, like, you've got then got the experience for them to learn from. Yeah, instead of two young drivers instead that of, could... Yeah. God knows what they were going to do. <laughs> I mean, we've seen uh, Williams do it, and it's not great. Yeah, so whether you've then got Hulkenberg plus someone else, which would then help them out, that you would think that they can then potentially guarantee... I say guarantee them some points, but increase their chances of getting points with Hulkenberg, but at the same time, bring on a young driver for the future. I still, uh, yeah, I can't. I mean... uh, But then could Perez be that person? Yeah. Because he still doesn't have... And it was weird because it sounded like when when we recorded the last podcast that they were... He did an interview and he was like very confident that something was going to be announced that week. Yeah. And then there was nothing. And now this week, in uh, this weekend, his interviews were very much like it's all died down again, and he still doesn't really know what's happening. And so, was there something on the table, or was there an offer around, and it's fallen through? Because that's the kind of thing. It sounds like something was coming, and now it sounds like. He's not sure what's happening. Ideally, he wants to stay in Formula One, but if there's not that option there, then he's prepared to wait. Yeah, I think you you don't you don't sound like you're hopeful, or you you say like what the words like Sam has said like he's been saying. If do you know there's something there? Yeah. You know, like we never had anything from this from Vettel. It was always like you know. It wasn't like oh we'll well hopefully or we'll see or something you know it was it was more concrete it was there was a more determined stance that he was definitely going to be in Formula One and that things were being worked out whereas with Perez like you said it's now a situation where he's like oh well well maybe someone will take a chance you know yeah whereas you know he seems yeah he seems to be in a bit of a pickle with it all and th- and then moving on to someone whose contract situation is also. A little bit up in the air. Uh, the most experienced driver uh, in the on the grid, uh, Kimi Raikkonen, who overtook uh, Rubens Barrichello for his 323rd start this weekend, um, hasn't signed a new deal. He, I mean, there's sort of rumours flying around that he was offered the opportunity to continue with Alfa Romeo, but his camp has come out and said that that isn't in his contract and he's waiting for a new deal. This was a really awkward interview to watch between. They had, they interviewed Raikkonen, they had Raikkonen and they had Barrichello because they were talking about him taking over his leading most complete, most starts. And then the interview just turned really awkward when they were like, oh, so we'll be seeing you next year and... Raikkonen was just like, right, I'm just, and just kind of went, I'm going to shut down these rumours. I have not been given a choice. There is nowhere in my contract that says 
I have a choice as to whether I continue. They gave me a two-year contract. It's up to them to give me a new one, to offer me a new one. And it was like, okay. And then Barry Keller was like, so (laughs) going back to the races. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, he was like not... He he didn't enjoy the like the interview was quite supposed to be quite uplifting and positive and like a celebration and he was not celebrating the fact that he'd got these most he's like I'm not here to get the most starts yeah that's a very Kimi Räikkönen thing to do though, isn't I it? think that's most yeah. people though yeah I, I I don't think it's I think like it's if someone turned around to you and went oh you know well done Robbie you've done a thousand sessions rowing. Would you go, oh, do you know what, that is amazing. I feel, I feel absolutely terrific that that's what I've done. You wouldn't, would you? You're like, oh, great, it's it's part of it. Yeah. I come I mean, here he to did, win he... and race, like actually be in races instead of, you know. Yeah, he did mention it over part. the radio once he'd crossed the line. I think he was like, thanks, this is like a milestone. I've come, like, had the most starts. So, like, he made a mention over his radio to the rest of the team, but. That interview was like... I reckon he was probably told to say that. What, over the radio? Yeah. Oh, probably. <laughs> but it was, yeah. He's, so I don't, like, he's waiting for an offer. He's waiting for a contract. Would, would you get, do you think that's because he's sick of how these last two years have gone? Had he done this? Or he might just be sick of everyone going, oh, you're quite old now. Like, are you are you gonna stop? Because that's what we do. Yeah. Like, do you think he's enjoying this? Like, he's done this, and he's like, look, I'm still racing. Like, he must still be enjoying it. My, my I think it. my thing is like, it's I don't have a question of whether you know he's too old. I think he is still decent enough to drive a fast Formula One car. I just think I I just question whether he's still got the patience to drive a slow Formula One car. Because that Alfa Romeo is not a fast Formula One car. He is not, com- you know, he is n- nicking points if he can hope for them. You know what I mean? Like he's not. Yeah. It was like it was like when we had that throwback moment a couple of weeks ago when it was him and Vettel battling it out for like twelfth and thirteenth. It was a bit like gosh, they were eleventh and twelfth this week. <laughs> it was a bit sad. It was a bit sad, wasn't it? And I th- I feel like, do you want, you know. Do you want that to be a significant part of your career? Because if he signs another two-year deal, it will be essentially the same next year, won't it? Yeah. Do you think he's annoyed that Vettel has a seat next year at Aston Martin? Yeah. No. He's not annoyed about it. No. Even though he's finishing, he's battling out for the same positions. Yeah, but I think, I don't think for a long time people have seen those two drivers on a level playing field. But do you not think he feels like he's as good as Vettel, so he should be given the same opportunity? Maybe, but I think you think about when was the last time Raikkonen did something of significance, and you compare that actually, you know, like Robbie said earlier on, like Vettel's won those four titles. That's still quite fresh in people's minds yeah. because unfortunately, it's only Hamilton that's still on the grid that has also won one. So yeah. like. You know, if Rosberg was there and maybe Bottas had won one, and you know Max had nicked one here or there, like then I think we would we wouldn't see Vettel so highly. But because he has like four world titles, like he is regarded almost his prestige gets got him that seat because mm. he's not driven well this year. Yeah. Like whether that do we the... think it's him or the car? <clears throat> like I, I know that's hard to say, but 
Charles Leclerc is making that car go. But, but we I, also don't know how similar the two cars No, I, I, I think since Vettel signed, or there were rumours, I think those two cars have gone in completely opposite directions. I think any upgrades have gone primarily to Charles. And I think, like, probably Vettel's been someone who's actually just maintained the upkeep of that car and kept it running. I would say Vettel is doing what Raikkonen has been doing for the last two years, which is racing to complete as many laps as you can. And if you can nick a point in there, great. But Ferrari's Constructors' Championship completely rides on Leclerc. I don't think Vettel has any influence on it. Is that fair or is that too much? No, I think I think that's completely yeah. fair. I think potentially... Yeah, it's just hard to know whether Vettel's checked out as well. Whether Vettel's got so pissed off about the contract situation and the fact that they've just supported Leclerc over him kind of off the bat. Whether he's just like, Ugh, well, you're going to have to deal with a car coming 12th all year. I don't know whether that's... I don't know if Seb would do that, but I feel like that question also has to be there of whether it's not spiteful is the wrong word but just like oh, I just can't be asked to race for you now you know that he I don't think he has he obviously enjoys racing for the fans but I think the organization is just a bit like I don't have any I don't have any passion to race hard for you guys I don't have any passion to get my elbows out for you guys because you could have done the same for me and you didn't yeah I tell you speaking of you know Kimi Vettel Alfa Romeo, I think Giovinazzi of late has, I can buy into him a lot more now, I think, than I like would have at the start of the year. He looks like he's someone that can get himself into competitive situations and stay there instead of, you know, I think there's a record that he makes up like two or three places off the start every race. But then somehow biffs it into the back of someone else like four laps later. So you're like, oh, that's not really important. Whereas now he's like making those moves stick and he's staying and he's a lot more towards, okay, he's still closer to the back of the race than he is the front, but he's closer to points than, than he ever has been. And actually for him to get points this weekend, you know, he said, like, that's a massive confidence boost. Yeah. And it was right and it's time to drive into someone. Yeah. Sending my boy skyward. Yeah. I mean, right. He... <laughs> Williams, you need to Williams have a word of your airline. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he was a passenger in that. But, yeah. What, what, what else was he meant to do? Well, I'm just saying that. Oh, you shouldn't have been on the racetrack. You should have remembered that Kimi Räikkönen was just going to drive into the side of you. And well, we just over. slated Kimi for just completing laps. And what was George doing? <laughs> not, not even completing. Yeah, not even completing laps. I'd no. argue George he's a multi. He's a multi-talented driver. Because he became a pilot at one point there, <laughs> as it was fully airborne. Would you have clapped for that landing? <laughs> I've had worse. I've had worse. Ryanair. Don't come at me, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> I was actually on a Ryanair flight once that we landed, and they were like, uh, congratulations, you've just been involved in a test of an autonomous landing. I was like, I didn't sign up to this at all. Yeah, they're not comfortable. No. No. <laughs> they're like, computer says, down. <laughs> What's different about it? The pilot uh, doesn't control it. No, all. I got that from the word oh, autonomous slam. <laughs> it's not particularly smooth. There's no kiss. It's more of a slam. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, uh, go nose first. The plane found the, the plane found the tarmac quite fast. Um, but yeah, say so, you know, George Russell, he's just biding his time, just buying, just taking, he's taking out the boxes of time, taking the boxes of until what, Toto's though? like what boxes what are you boxes? taking? <laughs> Flying is not a box. Pilot is not a good box. (laughs) At the moment, all Russell has to show for his Formula One career is the E series that they did. Uh, And the most impressive qualifying record. Outqualified his team. Hasn't he outqualified his teammate in every single Grand Prix that he's been in? Probably, but ultimately, (laughs) who have his two teammates been? Doesn't matter. No, it does. Go on. Who have they been, Abby? Latifi. Yeah. And that other fellow, what was he called? <laughs> I've actually forgotten who it was. <laughs> I don't want to say what I re- reminds me of him. Why not? I've only got one wrong. <laughs> oh, Robert Kubica. There we go. <laughs> Wait, Robert Kubica got points. No. Last season? What? Did Russell? No. Robert Kubica <laughs> got points and Russell was outqualified every time, so... On that logic, but again, Russell that should have won every race. That's just the spot that you can only right drive on a yeah. Saturday. <laughs> yeah, that's a, we've said this. Seen you ragging your polo R. <laughs> um, did we? I don't know whether we discussed this on last week's podcast. No, we didn't because we didn't have a podcast <laughs> last, week. <laughs> Not last week. Good but work. About Red Bull no longer having a Honda. We did not engine. It happened in between the. Is last it happened two. in between? Yeah. So Honda are out of Formula One. So, do they go back to Renault, which they ended on really good terms, <laughs> or do they get this really fast Ferrari engine? Because they're not going to get a Mercedes, are they? Could you imagine if they got a Mercedes engine? <laughs> they're not. Mercedes. Well, I it'd mean, be last year's Mercedes engine anyway. We'll as charge in this them year's extortion or something. A fortune for it. I think Renault would now as well. Yeah. Renault don't need to supply. Although it does say that if um, Red Bull can't find a new supplier, then Renault, being their last supplier, have to supply them with one. Oh, really? <clears throat> Not free of charge, obviously. But, they but can because they were the last team. For one billion pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Would that go towards the... Yeah, does that offset the budget cap? Because then, like... Because you could seriously screw us and teams, I mean, you? that's what that's a, a liberty that you get being a bigger team. But then I'm saying provider. like I'm saying like oh, if you sell engines, so say Mercedes sell their engines for forty million a pop, picking a number completely out of thin air there, does that get added on no. to the to the budget cap because they brought in money? No. Because no. then that just stabilizes the current advantage that bigger teams have and actually because they've got because they're technically buying power units from a different company because it's mercedes powertrains yeah sells it to mercedes amg formula one do you think that has to come out of their budget as well no because you know in you know in like in cycling if you're racing a bike at say the olympics it has to be ro- like it has. It, does it have to be available on the open be, market? Well, all Olympic, bit, all Olympic equipment has to be available for sale six months before. Okay, something. so do you think that the price has to be the same regardless of who you sell it to? So do you think Renault has to? So say Renault, Renault was selling selling an engine but developing an engine for themselves. 
do you think they have to sell that for the same amount of money that it costs them to rent to Red Bull? Well, but it's always the year before's engine, isn't it? I don't think so. Because that Racing Point does not have the same engine as this year's Mercedes. It's last year's. Oh, is it? That's how I'm pretty sure that's how Mercedes have always done it. They've always sold. So is that Mercedes the prior years? Is that Mercedes way of doing it, or can you buy this year's? But it is so expensive that it's cheaper for them to sure. buy. I mean, I think the big thing for Racing Point is that they also bought all of Mercedes aerodynamics from last year. The rest of the car. <laughs> the rest of the car <laughs> via the Sky Sports F1, probably. Yeah, they just, just got recording the, it. And they got the new slow mo, and we're like. You draw that like that. It's like Aston Martin. What about them? So uh, there's a rule in the EU where you have to produce the average CO2 emission of your cars has to be under a certain limit. And so Aston Martin were obviously like way over it because all of their cars are supercars, cycling bikes. No, so they bought they bought a whole lot of Toyota IQs, and then put Aston Martin badges on them and called them the Aston Martin Signet, and sold them for like twenty eight grand. But because they were so fuel efficient it brought their average down from their v12 supercars down to just below where the limit was i think about four people bought them because why would you buy an aston martin like smart car but it's a thing it's a good way of saying oh you know it sounds uh speed dating Oh, yeah. If yeah. sam turned around and said oh by the way i've got aston martin in the car park I think that would increase your chances of someone at least walking you back to your car. Yeah. When they saw it, it was an Aston Martin little smart yeah. car, it'd be like, they then and proceeded to leave. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Okay. But it's still progress. <laughs> um, what I, I sent this video to you both earlier of. Um, both Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris oh, yeah. telling their race engineers to shut up and leave them alone. Is that tensions high or is that just racing? Racing. I think that's just racing, really. I felt like doing that today. Have you ever been in a situation <laughs> where like you have you're either racing or you're yes. intense and you've gone you need to stop talking now, please. Yes. Just let us do Yes. yes. Tell us about it. I have put a long sleeve into a microphone of an eight. I've unplugged the wires before. <laughs> I have put a long sleeve into the mic into the speaker so I could no longer hear the cocks. Oh, and it just muffled it, didn't it? It's yeah. hard when you're in your single because yeah. you can't just tell yourself to shut up. In my head. Um, no, I think that's just racing. But I've turned a walkie to uh, radio off as well from a coach. Savage. <laughs> Stop working. I do, but I do. I do enjoy the. I do enjoy. I do enjoy Kimi Raikkonen's best best bits of the team radio, though. Where he's like, I know, I know. Shut up and let me race. He will say Maurice from Madagascar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, gloves on steering wheel. Gloves on steering wheel. Hey, come on. Uh, I did feel sorry for Lando Norris though this week, this weekend. Yeah. He did I mean, have a bit of a shocker, and then he had to. Fernando, didn't he? And then he just had to keep pressing. Was it default three? Oh, <laughs> I just I love the picture of him sat in that sunbed. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. He's he is definitely one of the. He's the I feel like he's the Danny Ricardo of the future. I'm so excited to see those, those two, two together. Some of they stay friends. 
Yeah, some of the stuff that comes Something's out. Something's going to happen. They're definitely going to touch at some point. Oh, yeah, I, they'll clash because they're so similar. But... If you're, if you're McLaren's media team, you're sitting there going, oh, oh we boy. don't have to do anything. We cannot wait for this. <laughs> just follow year. them around. Yeah. Camera always on. Get, just give them both a GoPro and be like, go on then. Yeah. Um, Fernando Alonso tested this year's slash next year's. Oh, yeah. He's been out in the Renault. In the Renault. Um, will, will he be close to the Fernando that we remember? Is he going to be... Is he top 10 material? I mean, the car is, but can he take it further? Is it going to be... Challenge- like we've said, Ricardo's challenging for podiums. Is that where Alonso goes straight into? Or actually, will him and Ocon be... I think they'll be closer. Butting heads. I think Alonso will be in between where Ricardo is now and where Ocon is now. Does Alonso get better and more grow towards more towards Ricardo? Are you saying Ricardo is a better driver than Alonso at the moment? I think it's so hard because we haven't seen Alonso. Yeah. I. I feel more confident in Ricardo now than I do in Alonso next year. I think there'll be a lot from getting... But then we look at Hulkenberg and how easily he just jumped into the racing point. Mm. Then it is doable. So you look at that and you think, like, right, well, if he's actually going to have some time in the car, then he shouldn't be that far off. But I think maybe the whole racing edge he will have lost, so it will take him a while to warm up through the season. Also, the start of the season, Ricardo was commenting that that Renault wasn't the easiest thing to drive. It was very different. And maybe it takes Alonso a little bit of time to get used to from the McLaren Indy car that he's been driving recently. Yeah, I suppose. I guess he's kind of getting a head start, isn't he, now? Well, he's, he's spent to... more time in this Renault than Hulkenberg did. Yeah, I think Hulkenberg did like six minutes Yeah. Q3. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, good prep. Six minutes, go race. Right, so thank you very much for listening to that episode of the J-Rod F1 pod, looking back at the Eiffel Grand Prix. Um, what have we got next? Portugal. In two weeks. Two weeks' time. So we've got a weekend off, and then we've got the Portuguese Grand Prix. That circuit is pretty mental. So you are using your holiday days very well. This race week off, race week yeah. off. Yeah, credit to you. I need to, we need to have a word with Formula One here. <laughs> <laughs> I think Portugal, I think there's three races on the track. Really? Well, make sure you do your research and see if you can get the whole Schumacher family tree down. Right, <laughs> next time, please. Do you have an end of season test for some? Oh, yeah, an exam. An exam. To see whether we, like we keep you on party. as an expert <laughs> for next year. I was looking forward to being next year. If you pass the exam, then yes. Right, so join us next time when we look at the Portuguese Grand Prix. But until then, please make sure that you be a friend and tell a friend about the J-Rod Sports Board.